Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy grace and peace. Amen. Can we just give it up for Jesus? Just Man, isn't he good? So good. Um, so I have... Uh, a little correction to make this morning. Is Noah in the house? He's, he's back there. Can Noah, can you come on up here, buddy? He didn't know. He doesn't want to? No, no. Come on, Noah. You could do it, buddy. Come on. It's a preacher in training. No? Okay, it's all right. It's all right. So, so last week, I want to tell the story then. So last week, those of you that know, every week, uh, and it's coming again this week. We give the opportunity that if you don't know Jesus and you want to come to know Jesus, you can raise your hand and just say this prayer and, and invite Jesus into your heart. And so we're, we're, we're there last week and we're doing it. And, and I didn't know this, but apparently Noah raised his hand, but I didn't, I didn't see it in the count. And he knew he didn't see me. So then Noah stood up on his seat and got real high. He got real high. Oh, that's hot. But I still missed him. I still didn't see him. But Jesus saw him. Come on, somebody. Jesus saw him. So we didn't have five people last week, but there were six people who gave their lives to Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're so proud of him. Hey, I want to give everyone a quick update uh, of where we're at with the building project. For those of you that don't know it, maybe your first time, we have purchased the Shalot Theater and we are in the middle of remodeling it. Um, I got a little slide I want to put on the screen. Um, this is a $5 million project, which is just crazy, right? Um, we're getting a loan and then we're trying to raise the remaining 2.6. Currently, we have 1.2 in the bank and the need is 1.6. Point three, And so we're just asking that you first and foremost just pray. Man, just pray. You know, God knows that God will supply all of our needs. As a matter of fact, on your way out today, on that table, there's a little prayer card. We're just saying just take that with you. And then just when you think about it, just pray for the project. Um, I got to say, I had this moment this week where, you know, it's been six, seven months now since we closed on it and we're trying to get things going. And I had, I woke up this week, and for the first time, I was stressed about money. And, and I spent probably like two or three hours, and there was this, there was this stress of like, oh, man, we still, we still need a whole bunch of money. Like, this is like in the millions, y'all. That's a lot of money. And uh, I'm like, God, I don't know. So I'm stressing. And, and like, and about two hours into just stressing, I realized, ooh, this is way too heavy of a load. Like, I can't carry this. Jesus, I need to give this right back to you. I just need to put this on your shoulders. Like, you got this. And I say that to say maybe you had that moment this week. Maybe there was a little weight on your shoulders, and you were trying to figure out how it was all going to work out, and you're trying to figure out how you're going to do this. And how to, you, That's too heavy of a weight, y'all. We need to give that to Jesus. He's got it. Amen? Amen. We also have to give him uh, the, 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 the need to give the permitting office to Jesus, too. Because apparently they need some Jesus at the Brunswick County permitting office. And if you're in the room this morning, just pray about that. The paperwork is on your desk. Come on, somebody. Man, to be just fully alive in Christ. 
I got, I got to thinking about that, our, our mission, and just this desire, this hope, this prayer. And I just, the more I just thought about it, I was like, God, I don't want to waste this life. I don't want to waste this life. I want to make the most of it. I want to spend all of my days just, you know, going for it hard after, you know, 80 years old, 90 years old, just like, no, 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 still going hard after Jesus to run the race, to finish well. Does anybody else just want to finish well? Come on. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. And, and I'm just thinking this, and I'm thinking, like, life is short. And then I realize I'm getting old. No, 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 not that I'm getting old, that, that I'm thinking like this, because that's how old people think. Uh-huh, uh-huh, see, I've heard that on you. You know old people, they're like, oh, life is so short. And you're like, no, it's pretty, like, and then you get old, and you're like, oh, they're right. You're like, I'm start, I hear you, I hear what you're saying. I hear you. This desire to just love on Jesus, to be loved on by Jesus. Um, you have heard me say this before. There, there was this surveys done, and I just, I just think it's so interesting. There was a survey done with Christians and, and, and non-Christians and people that were thinking about coming to church. And if you asked a bunch of Christians, what is it that you're looking for in a church, the list was endless. Man, we want children's ministry, and we want a good youth ministry, and we want a pastor who can preach, and we, knew, we want a worship leader who, like, he's still cool, you know? He's like, and wear skinny jeans, and, and we want... We want these things, and we want all of this to happen, and we want the air conditioning to be set just the right temperature. And we're, like, you know, this endless list of what people want in a church, right? But then if you ask people that are unchurched, that are looking for a church, uh, if they'd give it a chance, what are, the, what are the things that they are looking for the most? And you know what they said? Three things, over and over and over. I just want to know God. I also want to understand the Bible, and I want to make a friend. Come on, somebody. And I'm telling you, like, that's why I came to church this morning. Like, I just want to know God. I want to have this encounter with God and just, God, that you are worthy. And God, I want to understand your word and just want to get into it. I want to know what you're speaking. I mean, I just need a friend. I just need to know, man, there's somebody else out there that just, like, man, we're just in this thing together. And just, just to be loved on and love on them. And, like, it's a good, good feeling to have this. And we've been in this series called Doctrine, and if you haven't picked it up today, we're going to talk about the church. And I'm going to, and I, got, I started doing it this week, and I had so many notes. I was like, I can't do all of this. We will be here all day. So I'm actually just going to give you part A today. You're going to be, to be continued is going to happen, and you're going to get some more next week. So you got to come back, y'all. The church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, Christians. Christians wouldn't be called Christians back in Jesus's day. They would be called followers of the way, called out to follow the way, the truth, the life, which is in Jesus Christ. The church, the people of God throughout all ages submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ. We are the church the body of Christ, and Christ uses us to reveal himself in this thing called the church, the followers of the way. This is the church. But apparently nobody told Webster, because if you look it up in the dictionary, the definition of the church is this, a building for religious purposes. <laughs> and I'm like, somebody's going to get a letter for that one. A building for religious purposes. And I think that this, pro, uh, this poses a huge problem. 
the association uh, that, that where we are gathered is more important than whom we gather to, Amen. whom we gather for. We're doing this for God, and this is the gathering, but where is far less important than the who. And what happens is, in turn, in thinking this way, that the church is simply a building for religious purposes, we've reduced our callings from being the called out ones to now we're the called in ones. And what I mean by that is, well, you're a Christian if you come to church on Sundays. You're a Christian if you go to this building at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning and, and you do that uh, each week. This is what it means. And so no, no longer are we called out, but we are called in. And, and whether we would kind of say it or not, all of a sudden our relationship with Jesus comes about, well, just attending well, a building for religious purposes. And, and those of us that have been part of the church for a long time, we would say, no, 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 we, we know that that's not the case. And yet, how often do we live that way, though? How often do we live as if, like, this is the summation of what it means to follow Jesus? I come to church, and I got K-Love on my radio. And I don't cuss out people that often. <laughs> You're a good person. Like, no, we've missed so much about it. So we want to talk about the church this morning. I want to read from the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, a very well-known verse we're going to get into the, this morning and next week. Now, uh, Jesus has ascended into the heaven. He's left the disciples with this mission to go and to preach the gospel Things are happening. 3,000 people just get saved by a sermon that Peter preached. And it says this, that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Now a deep sense of awe came on all over them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had, and they sold their property and their possessions, and they shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together in the Lord's temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Man, they sat down and had some chicken together. You know, probably some lamb, probably, you know, but there's just this great joy. I mean, I just, I don't know about you, but I just love eating some food with people. Like, hmm, food is good. Let's just sit down and let's just share a meal and let's talk about Jesus. Good times. A few things I want you to grab from this. So all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. First thing, so you have this group of believers you have this church, and here's the thing. This is who they are. It's a group of believers. Now, the next few things that we read about are the things that they do. It's not a, a description of who they are. It's simply a description of what they do. So, in other words, doing these things don't make them the church. It's an outworking of the fact that they already are the church, they are a group of believers, that they are gathered together, and they're doing these things. So simply doing these things does not make you the church. It's an outworking of what you already are. Here's my point. If you don't know who you are, you'll define yourself by what you do. 
and you'll find yourself trying to work and try to do all these things and try to all things to earn your salvation, you've got to first know who you are in Christ. So they are the church. We are the church, and we're gathered together. And now we do these things as an outworking because of the great love that Jesus has already poured on us. So we gather for these teachings, and we're together in prayer, and we're, we're having these meals, and we're sharing in the lowest supper because of what he has already done and who he's called us to be. We are, and we are becoming, and this is the church. And when you don't know who, you're all, who you are, your outworking is everything you do will be based on performance. So you'll feel really good when you're succeeding, and you'll feel like a failure when you're failing. Which begs all kinds of questions because oftentimes, like, you don't even know you're succeeding when you're succeeding. Oftentimes you think you're succeeding, and God's like, no, you're actually failing. And sometimes you think you're failing, and God's like, no, 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 that's actually pretty good. Just, just watch. Just watch how I work this out. And so if we're trying to just work our way, like, no, no, it's, it's, it's an outworking of who we are. You are the church. And so people are like, oh, I'm so mad at the church. You're mad at yourself. You are the church. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. So we have these practices that, that, that are marks of the early church. They were submitted to authority, united in fellowship, communal in sacrifice, and breaking of the bread together, and committed in prayer. And what I would submit is that we've seen a slow deterioration of all four of these areas. We've seen a slow deterioration of all four of these practices of the church over the years, and especially within the last few years, we've even seen an acceleration of it. Uh, the first one is that there, there's this authority, that there's this submission to the authority of the teachings of the apostles. Now, even just that word authority scares people. Like, oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. There's this, there's this uneasy, there's this lack of trust. Do they have the integrity? I'm not sure. What are their motives for, for having, like, anybody with power, I'm just not sure. I don't do organized religion. We have this underlining current of like disdain for authority. And everything, like, until all of a sudden everybody's a used car salesman, right? Everybody's like, ah, I don't know. Then, then fellowship. Fellowship, I would say, has taken on a secondary role in our lives. Like, there's so many things that we put in front of fellowship. Like, no, no, I will, my work. My job, I got to do this, I got to do this. We're so much so that like fellowship is just like, it's way back. And if we get to that, it's good. No, no, this is a core part of the journey with Jesus. Sacrifice, again, that word. No, 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 no. sacrifice. No, it's all about, no, just bless me. All about what I, I can get. Uh, everything's about being independent and self-seeking. And prayer, like this is probably the most deceptive one of all. Like, we, we still can talk about prayer in America. You just can't do it, right? Everything on TV, oh, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. And, and I was so encouraged uh, not too long ago. There was an NFL player. He got injured, and everybody was saying that same line that they always say, thoughts and prayers, which translated means we ain't thinking about it again, and we ain't praying at all. You know what I'm talking about. You've been that person. I've been that. Oh, I'll pray for you, brother. Who? Uh, right? So there's this thoughts prayer, and there's this uh, NFL, I don't know who, what sports caster he was, but he's on live TV, and he says, you know, everybody's saying thoughts and prayers. Why don't we just stop and pray? Yeah. 
and he prayed on live TV, and it blew up all over the internet, and I'm like, isn't this obvious? Isn't, oh, oh, because he actually did what everyone pretends like they're doing. Mm, come on, somebody. That's next week. I ain't going to get another day. All right. So here it is. There's these four things. And I would say these are, these are not optional practices. These are something uh, that we do as a church. Sometimes when we look at this book of Acts, I think people have the idea that the, the beginning church, the Acts church, is this kind of utopia of how everything is good and perfect. And I'm like, that's because you haven't finished reading the book, y'all. I mean, all the, the, the Acts 2 right here looks really good. Everybody's sharing and all those things. Yeah, and in just a couple chapters, people are lying and falling dead on the ground, and there's problems at the food pantry, and everybody's, and there's discrimination, and there's racism, and all of these things are happening. It's not a utopia, all right? The, the Holy Spirit is still working. Like, Christians are getting killed. All those people have, I remember those stories. Oh, I'll just, I just wish it was like the book of Acts. No, you really don't. As a matter of because if it was like the book of Acts, and you come up in here lying, there's going to be some funerals, right? What happened to pastor? Oh, he just lied again. Just lied to his wife. No, I didn't buy the new shoes. You know, just gone. Just, you know, submitted to the teachings of the apostles. The apostles, literally the person sent. Now, this is argued. Is there still apostles? Is there still apostles today? And what you find is there's two ditches, two ditches that you have to be aware of. On one side of the ditch is this. Everybody's an apostle. You know, no, you're an apostle and you're an apostle, and we just, we just throw out this title, and they're like, here's, oh, apostle and prophet, and then reverend, deacon, bishop, apostle, the third. You know, and I like all of these things, and like, well, bro, where'd you go to school? And I, internet, you know, and then all these, we just put all of these titles and abbreviations in front of our name, and we just call ourselves apostle, and then you have the other side of the ditch where some of these sensationalists, and they say, like, no, there are no more apostles. The apostleship died when the apostles died. There is no more prophetic, none of these things. It is all done, and I'm here to say that both of those are ditches, and they are equally dangerous. Because when it comes to authority, here's the thing, and I'm going to get on this. We've seen the abuse of it. We've seen the abuse of authority. We've seen the neglect when it comes to authority. We've seen the rise and the fall of kings and queens and presidents and dictators and popes and pastors. And we saw these people that they were supposed to be our teachers, and all of a sudden we realized all, all the things that they were teaching, they're doing the complete opposite in their private life. And so it led to this certain disdain, uh, like, oh, that, that a pastor did that, that priest did that. And so there's like, I don't know if it can be trusted. And there's, there's this, this thing in us. It's, it's not just about the church. It's in all areas. We've seen the abuse of power. In no other area, I've, I think we've seen it more abused than what is commonly known as the homeowners association. <laughs> Come on, you know what I'm talking about. It's the letter in the mail. Your grass is too, oh, you painted your door what color? How did this person get in power? In a, we've seen it. If you haven't, you are the president of the homeowners. <laughs> so we become skeptical. We become skeptical of authority 
until we're the ones in it. Hmm. We're very skeptical until we're the ones in it. And then when we're the ones in it, our attitude goes, if everyone would just listen to me. Yeah, I know all these other people can't be trusted, but I can be trusted if you could just listen to me. And so there's this skepticism brought about like, oh, no, no, but now we are in this spot. It's that moment where you find yourself driving down the highway and you turn around and you say something to your kids like, I will turn this car right around. And you realize I've become my father. <laughs> all the authority that he had, now I have it. I'm using it. I'm saying the exact same thing. And you, and you see it and you look at it and, uh, just this week, uh, those of y'all, like, I'm, I'm not on Facebook anymore. I still have the account because the church is linked to it, and I can't shut it down. But anyway, I don't go on there, but I, every once in a while, I have to go on to the Facebook marketplace because, I'm, you know, everything's got to be on sale. And um, I've learned this about Facebook marketplace. In the descriptions, when people say something is like new, that means something different to everybody. For me, it means it's like new, like you open the box and it's still in the condition. But if you're like a southern country boy, it means it still works. <laughs> like it's, it's it, you know, you got some duct tape on that thing, some WD-40, but it is like new. Come on, come on, son. I rebuilt the engine four times. It is like new. It's cherry. I'm like, I'll pass. And we see this like over and over, like there, there, there's, there's this authority, there's this skepticism. And, and I want to show you in the life of Jesus how God reacts and what he does with the authority that he's been given. In the book of Acts chapter 1, Jesus is getting ready uh, to ascend to the heaven. And it says this beginning in verse 6. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, now this is important, because this is after the resurrection, and this is the, this is the fundamental question that they have for the resurrected Christ. So all of the things that they could be talking to Jesus about, this is the fundamental, this is on the, the hearts of not just one or two of them, but the disciples together. Lord, has the time come for you to do this, free Israel and restore the kingdom? This is what we want you to know. Are you going to free Israel, restore the kingdom? This is a common thread throughout the Gospels. This is what they're looking for Jesus to do. And to which Jesus replies like this. The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and those times. They are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So there's some valuable lessons here. I think this is the wrong question and the right question. It's the wrong question because it shows, like, this is, this is what's the thing that's on the disciples' heart. This is all they're thinking about. And all they can think about is the Jesus that they see is going to do two things. He's going to free Israel, and he's going to restore the kingdom. And, and the entire message of what Jesus is trying to say to them, listen, do you not get it by now? I'm not trying to, to free Israel and, and, re, and restore your kingdom. I'm trying to free humanity. And I'm trying to restore my kingdom, not your kingdom. I'm not trying to restore to Israel to make it like it once was and, and where you're not having to go through all of these things. I'm trying to restore the kingdom of God. And freedom for all of humanity, not just the stripes on your back that you're feeling because you're going through something right now with this Roman control. And if we were being real honest, 
How often is that our prayers? God, just do the work in my life. How long are you going to do this just in, in me and, and restore my little kingdom? And God's like, no, no, no. There's a big picture at work here. And it's the right question because it reveals the honesty of their heart. This is where we are at. And here's the, these are the leaders of the church. These are the apostles. This is the teachings that people are being submitted to. These are the ones that are following Jesus. What happens is our hearts can get so focused on that one thing that we've wanted for so long that we can't see anything else beyond it. All they could see is we want this for us and we want this for Israel. Sometimes we go through things and we can't see beyond the pain. We can't see beyond the sorrow, the present loss, the present suffering, or even the present success. The present things that are happening. And we have these eyes to see, but they no longer see. Ears to hear, but they no longer hear because it's all inward focused. And so, so much so that we can even get around the resurrected Christ and it's still just about, well, me. And then our thing is, well, when are you going to do it? When are, you, when are you going to do it? So there's a few things I want to point out about Jesus' leadership and how he modeled healthy authority for us. First thing he says is this. The Father alone knows that. Did you catch that? So here is Jesus, who is fully, the, we talked about this last week, the Trinity, full Godhead, complete equality, and yet you still have Jesus saying, I'm submitting to the authority of the Father. So that's the first thing you've got to know about healthy authority and healthy leadership. Healthy leadership is submitted to some other form of leadership. There is no lone ranger, even Jesus saying, I'm not doing anything unless what I've seen the Father do. I'm submitting. All authority has been given to, to, to uh, me from him, but I'm submitting to him, and he alone knows that. He alone knows that. The Father has the authority. All authority is submitted. These apostles' teaching is submitted to that of their rabbi. So th th this would... This would play out very well in first century Jerusalem because if you were a rabbi, you, you, you always pick like the top of the class. You pick the, the best disciples because those disciples would carry your name. And as they not only carried your name, but they would carry your teachings, carry your doctrines, how you interpret the scripture. And there was this thing that would go on that the more intense your teaching, well, the more spiritual you were. So there would be ones like, oh, I, fo I follow the rabbi of Halil. I follow the rabbi of Shammai. I follow the, and I follow the, but Jesus comes up and says like, no, listen, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm not in competition with anybody. As a matter of fact, you can't do it and I'll do it for you. So it's an easy thing. See, I have all these other rabbis competing to try to like prove their spirituality and Jesus is like, nope. I gotta do none of that. All I've got to do is be obedient to the Father. So all, all of this, and, and they're carrying his name. And look at the team that Jesus built, fishermen and tax collectors. He built a team out of everyone else th that they rejected. All of these guys were rejected by other teachers of the law. And Jesus said, no, I want you. See, I think sometimes we forget, we look at the book of Acts, and we kind of think, uh, okay, there's, there's the Gospels, and then there's Acts. We realize, like, Luke is the author, and, and when he finishes this, he's like, he's going right into the book of Acts. In other words, like, it hasn't stopped, y'all. Like, this, this is what the life and teachings of Christ were all about, but now the book of Acts, like, this, this is what he continued to do with those teachings through us. Some 
people call it the acts of the apostles. Others, I think, and I think this is a good way of putting it, it's the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. Like, this is what God is still doing. This is what God is still teaching. It's not over. Paul puts it like this. Follow me as I follow Christ. Submitted authority. The next thing Jesus says, you will be witnesses. The authority was given by God. And here's the thing. God chose them. They, they, they didn't choose it. God chose them. Uh, Peter and Paul and all of you. You are going to be my witnesses. You are going to be the called out ones. Which let, lets us know someone else did the calling. You didn't do the calling. Amen. Jesus called you out and to be separate, to be different, to be from among them, to just to be his witnesses. So let's just know, like, if you're looking for perfect leadership, you're looking at the wrong person. You should be looking to Jesus, Amen. the one who did the calling. Because the ones that are called out, yeah, we're, man, we're on his path and we're to be holy like he is holy, but it's all submitted. It's all submitted to him and the cross and it's just to be a witness. What is a witness? A witness is this is what I saw. This is who he is. Is the witness. I am not Jesus. You are not Jesus. No matter how well you think you got your life together, you will never be Jesus. You are a witness to Jesus. We are witnesses. And it's not just for leadership. This is for all followers of Christ. You are chosen, called out. This very mandate to be like him. See, I, sometimes if we're not careful, we could get into the scriptures and we start like making everybody into a hero. Like David, oh, David was awesome. And Jonathan and Moses. And, like, and we read them with blinded eyes. Like David was messed up, y'all. Dave was killing, dude, he was like, ooh, and killed the dudes, I want his wife, and just, and made him take the own letter to his own death. Like, that's just shady. That's, that's how not to be a good leader. And yet, like, we have this thing, like, oh, it's just perfect. No, 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 no. There's one hero, and his name is Jesus. Amen. And he uses us, these broken individuals, to be witnesses for him, to carry his his name, to carry his teachings. And it says this. This is, this is the reality. Jesus chooses to work this way. He chooses to bring his glory and make his fame known through humanity. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, you go. Did you catch that? I've got all the power, therefore you do it. No, 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 hold on, Jesus. If you got all the power, you do it. Like, as a matter of fact, you're resurrected. They can't even kill you. I mean, they could kill us. I don't, like, if they kill you again, we've seen it happen. You'll just rise. They kill me. Like, it would be so much easier, Jesus, if you just fixed everything. It would be so much easier if you restored Israel. It would be so much easier if you got the Romans off of our backs. And Jesus is like, nope, I'm going to use you, Peter, who just finished denying me three times. I'm going to use you. Oh, yeah, all of y'all disciples that you just like left me hanging in the garden the second things got tough, I'm going to use you. This doesn't seem like a good plan. And yet it's Jesus' plan. It's how he chooses to work. This authority that's been given to him, and then he delegates it out. 
And I think this is the mark of a disciple that all authority has been received from God and then it's given away. And then it's given away. To be a healthy disciple, a healthy follower of Christ, a healthy church, to be a healthy called out one. This is what we do. But there's a huge problem. You can't do it. You can't do it. You could intellectually go through the checklist and do all these things, and Jesus knows this, and that's why Jesus gives this big warning. Listen, don't leave Jerusalem. Whatever you do, you're going to be tempted to go here or go there or do that. Don't leave, because the only way you're going to do this is through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You're going to need my spirit to make it. You're going to, you're going to need my spirit to, 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 to do everything I've called you to do. What is your vision for the future? What is your vision for the future? Is it just a different rendering of the past? Are you just trying to rehash once what was? Are you just trying to get God to restore Israel? In some ways, have we idolized the past to try to create a future that in itself is cyclical and we just keep going around that same mountain over and over again because we don't get it. God's not trying to do that thing again. He's trying to do something else. He's trying to do something new. He's trying to, well, I'm here for humanity, not just the little bit of kingdom that revolves around you. I've learned this. Sometimes the further we get away from the, fat, from the past, the less we remember it correctly. The further you get away from it, the less your memory really grabs hold of what really happened. Oh, because if, if it was just like it was, then it would be so good. Really? I don't think you remember right. Like I, I, you know, some, some marriage counseling and like, listen, if I was just single again, then life would be good. Really, bro? Because you were eating mac and cheese every night, living in a van down by the river, wearing the same shirt for like six weeks in a row. No, it would not be better. You would not. I tell you that right now. Oh, oh no, but if we just went to another church, another church with a pastor that could preach really good, then, no, it'd be just like the 17 other churches you left. Come on, somebody. Amen. And then in one day he'd say something that you don't agree with, and you'd just go find number 18 and number 19. Come on, somebody. Amen. All the time, like, if it was just like it was, like, your memory gets faded. Like, it, it, it wasn't like... Same thing here with the book of Acts. Like, no, there's some things you got to go through. And what Jesus is trying to open up the disciples' eyes to is there's more. There's a more glorious future. There's a bigger hope for Israel than just release from government, from Roman control. There's a bigger hope for humanity. There's a bigger, your life plays a bigger role in the outworking of the culmination of all things than you could ever imagine. It just looks like you're a school teacher. It just looks like you're a mechanic. But the fact is, I'm using you to fulfill my great purpose. And if you will just submit to my authority and the outworking and see the big picture, you will see how precious your life is. Because every life matters and it counts. And he's the God who works all things for the glory. But it's not for you to know the date and the time. It's not for you to know the date and the time. See, God, we, uh, I, want, I, want you to, I want you to tell us the when. When are you going to do this? When are you going to fix these things? When are you going to pay the bills? We need 1.3 million, God. You could have done that yesterday. When are you going to do it? 
It's not for you to know, Lucas. But here's the thing. I will tell you how. I will tell you how you get to participate by being witnesses. Just do this. Just be a witness to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. I'll take care of when. You just, man, just be grateful that you get to participate in the how. I'm just grateful that, man, I just have some breath in my lungs this day, and God is going to use us somehow, some way. I'm not sure exactly, but okay, God, submitted to you. The when is in your hands. I tell you what, like, if God would have told me at the very beginning of this church, like, all right, Lucas, you're going to plan this church, and for like 15 years, you're going to have to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and set up, and then one day you'll have a building, like, can we do something else? Like, because if God would tell you the when, you'd be like, nope, not today. But we get to participate in the owl, joining in with his works. I'm not asking him to join in with my works. I'm asking to join in with his works. That's a completely different prayer, y'all. That's a completely different way of living. That's a completely, I want to join in what you're already at work with doing. Give me eyes to see, give me ears to hear. May I be one that gives witness to this great work of what you're doing. All authority submitted to the apostles' teaching, under authority, given by God, and given away. What do you do with your power? What do you do with the authority that God has given you? Do you take that authority and submit it to other authority? Do you take that power and do you give it away or do you hoard it in? Do you hoard it in? Do you draw the attention to God or do you draw the attention to yourself? Because he's given it to you. He's given you power and authority and influence. Every single one of us have some. Every day, every moment of every day, what are we doing with it? Are we giving it away? I give you everything. What did Jesus do with all of his power and all of his authority? I've been given this, therefore you go. Therefore go. Everything I have, I give to you. It's this gift from God, empowered to be witnesses. And I ask the worship team to come back up. You can't give away what you don't got. You can't have any, you can't reproduce any peace in your home because there's no peace in your soul. You, you can't produce courageous kids unless you yourself are courageous because they're acting just like you. And so we have the greatest teacher of all times who is our peace and is our rest, who can look at the cross that was set before him and say, man, I take great joy in this. And he modeled it for us. And every bit of power, which was all the power and all the authority, he gave it away. You go, you go, you teach. The acts of the apostles, the church, the called out ones, and I'm here to tell you this morning, church, if Jesus has it, he'll give it to you. All those things like your prayer, he wants to give it to you. That peace, that, that weight that wants to crush down on you, like, no, his yoke is easy. 
his burden is light. I love this moment in the scripture where it says, listen, if you being evil know how to give your kids good gifts, how much more so your father? That's just like, that's such a powerful verse. Because you being evil, like in other words, that's an assumption, not, not, not like a fact. Like we take it as it's an assumption. Jesus is like, nope, you're evil. And if you like don't know that, you know, like give, you know how to give some good gifts, but how much more your father who is good? He wants to give you that peace. He wants to pour out his great love for you. All of those things that you're praying for. If he watches over the birds of the field, if he clothes the lilies of the valleys with such splendor, how much more you? How much more will he look after you? He knows your needs. He knows your heart. And church, this is how we change the world. This is how we change the world. It's called being the church. Here's the good news. You already are. You already are. We just give witness to what he's done. And if there's anything about this authority, if there's this common thread that you find like real good, it's like there's just repentance. And that's why David was a man after God's own heart. Because he's God. Search me, oh God. Know all of this junk that's in me. Lead me in the ways everlasting. I'm asking everyone to stand to their feet. You are the church. I am the church. We are the church. And I'm here to tell you, not everybody's an apostle, not everybody's a prophet, but it ain't dead either. It is very much alive and active. And here's the thing, just because I don't see the miracle doesn't mean it's not happening. Just because I don't see it in my natural and I can't play out, God's still at work. And we get to join in with what he's doing. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Father, your body. Men and women, children. Lord, forgive us if we've tried to leave Jerusalem. Forgive us if we've tried to do things outside of the work of the Holy Spirit. We need you. Lord, and when they were together in that room, it says they were praying and they were seeking you and you filled the room. Fill this room, Jesus. Fill these hearts and fill these minds. Restore marriages. Restore hope. Restore peace. Restore your bride. May your work be done. If you're in the room today and you don't know him, may today be the day of your salvation. May the day be the day that you just turn back to Jesus. I'm just going to ask you to put your hand real high in the air and just say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, if that's you, anybody else, even if like, no, if you need to stand on that chair, come on. Thank you, Lord.
Church, let's take a minute. If everyone just repeat after me, Lord Jesus, God, I repent. My life is yours. I am yours. You are mine. Fill me up, God. God, I believe. Help my unbelief. I'm yours. Amen. Amen. Guys, can we give it up? We had somebody in the house this morning. Come on. I gave their life to Jesus. To Jesus. Hey, let's take a few minutes. Let's just worship together. Well, we hope this podcast has blessed you. In case you didn't know, we are in the middle of renovating a brand new facility right here in Brunswick County, North Carolina. So listen, two things. Please take a moment and pray for us. Also, if you'd like to give to the ministry, sign on to the website at mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. Hey, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Grace and peace.